live on SENSA. Welcome to Eagles Radio. For Norma's Homes, build a better life and My Money House. Get a financial health check. Visit mymoneyhouse.com.au today. Welcome to the Eagles Radio. It's Andy Hood here and Luke Powell taking you through for the next hour of Eagles Radio. But big thanks to My Money House. Get a financial health check. Visit mymoneyhouse.com.au today. Welcome to the show, Pally. Thanks, Andy. Yeah, really, really looking forward to it. I think um, brought the introduction this year that we're going to go every week, um, build on last year. So uh, really looking forward to it. I think we're going to have some great guests throughout the year and um, yeah, build on a, a great partnership with SEN. Looking forward to it. Well, there's someone missing today, Pally. Uh, the big fella, Bonds, he's got COVID, so it's you and I. I'm sure we'll, we'll go okay today. Yeah, mate. our uh, illustrious leader and uh, head man is, uh, I'm, no doubt he's listening very intensely <laughs> and making sure that we're uh, doing the right thing for him. I'm sure about 6.32 we'll get a text uh, critiquing our efforts today. But anyhow, today, Pally, great show. Uh, it's great to be back for 2022. Uh, like you said, last year we started with five shows. This year... We've got 19 shows, listeners, across the season of SANFL, so fantastic. Today we've got Jade Sheedy. I'm sure everyone who's listening is really excited to listen to what he's got to say for the third year, uh, obviously back-to-back, and, and there's some talk that uh, pot- potential third. Who knows? We'll talk to the great man. Also, we've got head coach of the women's team, Narelle Smith. Uh, the season uh, is well on its way. I think we're seven games in, so Narelle will give us some insight on... Um, the season so far. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, we've got Coach Jade Sheedy. Welcome to the show, Sheeds. Hoodie, Pally. How are we, boys? Yeah, it's good to see you. Thanks for coming on the show today. No, anytime. Sheeds, we'll get straight into it. Obviously, uh, you've got congratulations from me, but from behalf of everyone, congratulations on the back-to-back premierships. Um, no doubt you've reviewed it closely um, and you know watched it over and over. Um, What's your biggest take out of that game? You know, is is that obviously the celebration, but now we build on uh, next year or this season coming up? Yeah, I think it's just great belief, isn't it, Pally? Like, I think we've tried to build a style that, I guess, will hold up and try and build a a mindset and a, and a toughness around the footy club, I suppose, that will hold up in, in big games. And it's a hard thing to, I guess, try and... Um, forecast what it's going to look like until you actually win or lose but I think the players now you know they've they've done some of the biggest pre-seasons I've seen um, players do like we really I think my first year we really tested them mentally and tried to build build that resilience and and now off you know and then come success so then the players you know believe it and then they drive it and um, it's just gone from strength to strength and the, the players do the work like yeah we put together a program but at the end of the day, you know, you're talking about kids and that have to work and then front up to footy training three, four times a week. So, yeah, they're the ones that deserve the medals and the accolades and, um, yeah, lucky enough to have a good bunch of boys. Sheeds, going into the grand final, of course, we had a great win, or great two wins. The first one against the Red Legs, really hard for contested footy, took a bit out of the boys. And we had to back up a week later against the Bays and we just got over the line in what was a great win. Going into the GF, did you sense we were ready? Were you confident? What was the feeling going into the grand final with the team? 
Yeah, I felt our timing was good, and, and once again, you know, I think we built at the right time. And and as a coach, you try and do that, but um, it's a hard thing to plan. I think sometimes just a bit of luck with getting players right, getting everyone back at the right time. You know, everyone's in form, so they're things that sometimes you can't control. But you, you know, you hear people talk about we built at the right time. I'm still unsure as to what that is. Sometimes I think it's just it's luck, and it happened for us last year. You know, we. I think our last 13 games, we won 12. We were 12 from 13. And we felt like we had a really good hit out um, against uh, round 17, which is a really finals-type game. Sturt were, were up and about. I think they'd won four or five on the trot. We played them at only oval. It was really a contested, real contested game. And the boys come out on top by 10 points. And then, yeah, like you said, with Norwood. Norwood was a really good hit out. And they're a really good one-on-one side. And they, they tested us really physical. And we... You know, full credit to them. They brought their A game. I thought we were off a bit that day, but it showed, um, I guess, some of the talent that we had and the will to win that we got over the line. And then, obviously, we, we fronted up against Glenelg, who, you know, as Brett Hand said, they were probably trending a little bit the other way. You know, they'd lost to Port. Uh, their form probably wasn't good late. So, lucky enough to win that. But I think out of that, I think it was the second semi we played Glenelg, and I think out of that game, Hoodie, we just took a lot of good learnings. Even though we won, we, we felt our matchups probably weren't right. And, you know, we reviewed it. Glenelg come back in that last quarter really heavily. So we spent a lot of time watching that. Where do we get it wrong? How can we do that better next time? And, yeah, and then come grand final day, I think all the stars aligned, and it was it was a pretty complete performance by the boys. Sheeds, two-part question. Obviously, um, the start of the game it was really a uh, strong quarter from from the Eagles and uh, hard fought. Um, the second quarter, I think, uh, personally, that was the catalyst of where the game was won. I think our uh, defensive structure was outstanding. But um, going into half time, how confident were you? And then, second part of the question: When did you know it was over? Yeah, well, I think the first part, mate. I think, yeah, I think our, I think the first quarter, Glenelg were on top of the game really early, um, and they had a lot more inside fifties. I thought our backs held up really strongly, um, and then we got on top and you know threw some brilliance really from Dan and Troy Menzel in our forward half. We went in five goals to two up, and it probably didn't feel that way. I suppose if you're coaching and, and you're watching the game, you. You know, I thought we had the best of our opportunities, but yet they didn't have theirs and we defended really strongly. And then, yeah, I guess we knew they were going to make a run. And I think, like you said, it was a catalyst that second. Once again, had some really good opportunities to score and couldn't score. And I think I could slowly start to feel the momentum swing. And then obviously you get in the rooms with the boys at half time, and they're up and about. And, you know, they're feeling really strong out on the ground and, and they can feel the tide turn a little bit as well in their favour and and then that third quarter was probably much like the second quarter in the 2020 grand final I suppose we you know the boys put the foot down early in that first 10 minutes and and put some good scoreboard so you start to sort of think you know hold our structures defensively and keep attacking but your mind does you know, probably late in that third quarter, your mind does start to switch to, oh, maybe we can win it again. But as you know, you never really switch off and it wasn't until the final siren when obviously, um, yeah, that we knew that we'd won it. But yeah, I felt that first half, like you said, really set up the game. It certainly makes the walk down the stairways to the oval a little bit easier when you look at the scoreboard sheets, doesn't it? When you're, you know, you're uh, seven or eight goals up. 
Yeah, well, we waited a bit more this time. Hoodie, ah, I got yeah. a bit of a few knockers last year. <laughs> yeah. I, and I'm blaming Chris and Rosemary. Uh, no, actually, I'm blaming Colin Davison, our timekeeper in the box, because it was the longest fight. I said, how long left in, in 2020 when we played North? And he said, oh, we've only got about five minutes. And I said, the coaches, come on, let's go. And then we were down there for 15 minutes. So yeah. poor old Cole got a bit of an earwhack in that day. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so we we waited till the death knock uh <laughs> against Glenelg and you know made sure it was the last couple of minutes and then yeah it's it's it is a great feeling it's great for the supporters yeah it's just when you know you've won that game and you make that walk down to greet the players and the support staff and all the volunteers that help us and yeah high-fiving the supporters on the way down you know not being arrogant but I think it's just a good environment and it's a really good feeling when you're heading down to the oval that's for sure. I must admit, watching the game, I mean, footy is an incredible game and you really, as you say, you really don't know that you've got it until, you know, obviously five minutes and you're, the score is well out of reach. And I thought the third quarter when we kicked the first couple of goals, I, I felt a, confident and, I, and you could just see that the momentum really did shift uh, in, that, in that first 10 minutes. You know, that probably broke Glenelg a little bit, I, I feel. Um, did you see it that way as well? And at three quarter time, what was the, the general feeling? I guess when uh, you know going into the uh, huddle. Yeah, we went in with a pretty clear plan around how to how to try and defend them. There, you know, they were number one in offense. They're a highly talented side, and if you allow them to move the ball, they can really hurt you. And I think, I think once again, it was our defense that, that stood up. And and I think you know you talked about that third quarter. I remember Joey sign or smother. I think it was yeah, in the it was third great. quarter. And just little things like that, like the boys just never gave in, you know, um, irrespective of what the scoreboard was. I think Glenelg could kick two goals at that point. And, you know, yes, it's a grand final, but we've got blokes smothering footies from a metre away. And, yeah, it just brought a lot of energy. And I think our energy just come off the back of how well we wanted to defend and, and how well we wanted to negate um, Glenelg's scoring. And I think if you can get that part of the game right, then you can obviously test the opposition going the other way and see if they want to defend as hard as you. And if, if they don't, you can put some scoreboard pressure on. It's been a great two two years, or, you know, James Chedge winning the first McGarry medal for the football club, back-to-back premierships. We could talk about the Glenelg and the North Adelaide, you know, grand finals all day, but, you, geez, you must be really excited and, and so pleased to see, you know, Jack Hayes debut for St Kilda a couple of weeks ago and then have another good game. And also, you know, Tyson Stengel uh, with his game at Geelong. You know, let us know or, or tell us how excited that makes you and, and, and I guess how pleased you are for those guys. Yeah, no, very pleased, Woody. I think it's a great part of your footy journey. And, you know, I guess someone like myself probably cops a few too many accolades at times around these players and, you know, they get drafted. But really, I mean, it's their junior coaches from day one and it's... Uh, the Darren Hams and the Shane Reardons and, you know, their local coaches back in the country and that, that, you know, do all the work. It's a collective um, to get the kids to where they are. I'm just lucky enough to get them at, the, at, a, at a good age when they really understand the game. But I think importantly, all them people you talked about um, really put in the work, like especially like Jack Hayes and James Cheetahs, hardly missed a session. You know, Jack was... James, a personal trainer, would get up early, would be late to bed that night. You know, he'd work before training at 4 o'clock, running clients. He'd work at 6 a.m. He'd have another job delivering during the day. Then he'd come to footy training. 
Jack Hayes is, you know, doing retaining walls and, and concreting during the day and, and not missing sessions and not making excuses. And I think they're the type of characters that you need at your footy club. It's a, it's a brutal game, and SANFL is especially brutal in the fact that the players have to work 40 hours a week and then, you know, we ask them to train four times a week and really it's hats off to the players for the work they do and, you know, no one deserves more accolades than James and Jack in my time. Just the way they've drove training standards and, and individually tried to get better each year and, and both of them, you know, their dream could have been over three years ago but they never gave in and they kept going and, you know, hopefully now they're on a list for a long time and can have a bit of fun at AFL level. Yeah, I think, um, Sheeds, it's a bit of a byproduct of success too, I think. it's uh, Once you see your club um, having that success, you often see players um, head up to the AFL system. You, you see a lot of feedback. Uh, some other clubs can see it as a negative um, that we see these players, especially you talk about Jack and, and James who have gone um, real late in the season. As a club, ha- how do you perceive that um that success for those guys and how how do you see it as you know are you encouraging our players to 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 live for those dreams yeah absolutely i think i think we've got a good philosophy at the club Pally, and you know no one knows better than you is that we embrace it i think you have to embrace it and you know i think you always put yourself in the kids shoes and you know if you're the parent of them kids and i think sometimes as a footy club, they can get it wrong because they look at themselves, you know, as the coach and my record or as the club's record or we're on, you know, we're destined to win three in a row and it's going to hurt our chances. And, yeah, they're all little factors, I get that. But the most important thing is we want the individual to do well, whether it's working their nine-to-five job and getting promotions or whether it's living an AFL dream and, you know, realising that. Like, I think one thing that our footy club does really well is that we provide that opportunity and we support them and, um, yeah, I think embrace is the key word and, and and I think it also, on the back end of that, it gives us the opportunity. Our footy club's had eight uh, mature age drafted in the last two years. You know, eight in two years, kids over 22 years of age. It's a pretty amazing stat and that's, you know, that's not me, that's that's the kids and that's the work that our volunteers do and our footy club does. And, and I think if you get that right, yeah, players will leave but if you create the environment if they come off a list they will come back or if they got friends that are on a list or they know someone that's on a list and they talk about how good the Eagles culture is and the um, you know and the way we embrace the fact that when they leave and I think all them things come back around and, and a good stories in the end you know we ended up getting Dylan Clark off Essendon's list late even though we lost James and Jack um, you know through Kobe much and and really talking to Dylan, he was quite impressed with our, you know, our mature ages getting drafted. And Dylan's highly motivated to get back on a list. So all these things help when you're recruiting as well. So, yeah, what comes around goes around, I believe. Sheeds, we're going to have to take a break. We'd love you to, to stick around for another few minutes. Powley will take a break. But it's all thanks to BC and CJ Electrical, supporters of your local electrical needs and great supporters of Woodville West Tines for now 10 years. On SENSA, you're listening to Eagles Radio. For Normous Homes, build a better life. And My Money House, get a financial health check. Visit mymoneyhouse.com.au today. Well, welcome back to the Eagles Radio. And all thanks to Incredible Smiles. Missing teeth or dentures, see Incredible Smiles today. Well, welcome back, Jade Sheeds, as we know you. Um, and Luke, let's get into the second quarter, guys. 
Yeah, Hoodie, I think we've uh, we've gone over last year well enough and uh, celebrated that quite well. But I think it's about time we get into season 22 and um, obviously have a chat to Sheeds about the new players at the club and the season night this week against the Roosters on Saturday uh, twilight time. We'll get to get the lights out uh, this week. So we're really looking forward to that. So, but um, Jade, um, let's start with pre-season. Uh, how's it been? Um, obviously... COVID's been floating around here and there. Um, have you found it difficult? And um, who's probably been the standout uh, over the over the journey? Yeah, it's, I guess like any club, mate, it's had its challenges with um, players, you know, being close contacts and and being um, struck down with COVID itself. So, yeah, like like any other club, we've probably had our fair share of that. I think pre-season this year was a little bit different. Um, obviously, finishing so late and playing in the grand final um, that was staged was staged in three different um, or in three different stages, I guess. In the fact that we would, we brought back our under 18s first, and then the players that played in the reserves prelim final would come back a week later, and then our league players couldn't come back till about seven days. I think they did seven days prior to Christmas, so it was a bit of a late start. Um, and then we. We're fortunate enough for the footy club to go um, to the NT to play um, uh, their representative side in Darwin, which was a fantastic opportunity. So we had to, first and foremost, obviously get the kids up to speed that had come up from the under-18 program. There was 18 of them. Um, and we'd had a little bit of list turnover. And, and then, secondly, we had to get ready for the game in Darwin. So we could only take obviously um, one squad to Darwin both men and women went up and it was a great trip so it looked a little bit different as as to how we planned that but I think once we got back from Darwin that month of February was a really tough month and you know, we covered a lot of kilometres it was probably the toughest month we've done since um, being at the footy club and we really wanted to get ourselves in good condition and and really um, set the standard the training standard for what we believe an SNFL club should look like and the boys really embraced that and, and off the back of that we did our last time trial and the boys are running PBs and so we feel like we're in really good shape um, to to attack this week and you know we've got a lot of fit players which is good and but in terms of standouts over the pre-season there's been a few we've seen Luke Beacon I think take his game to a new level and and his running times to a new level Kai Pudney's Obviously, Kai Pudney has been exceptional. Ran a 555, 2K again. Um, Riley Knights looked really strong over the preseason. I think Riley obviously come to us last year and he hurt his foot during the year and or his ankle and um, had some issues with that. And he's really tough, Riley. He kept playing with it, even probably when he shouldn't have been and, and we didn't see the best of him at times. But he's had a really solid preseason and, and is raring to go. And I think both the Menzel boys are in that same boat. Both Troy and Dan have... You know, for different reasons, Troy, we've really put it on Troy to have a big pre-season. He's had a really big pre-season. He's hardly missed a session. He's running really strong and he's forming the trials. have showed through that and, and the same with Dan. You know, Dan's had, obviously we know about um, the amount of knee reconstructions he's had, but put a really consistent pre-season. He came to us last year off a bad break in his foot, so he was limited with pre-season. And this year, he's been able to get the whole pre-season in, so... Um, which is good, along with a lot of young kids. But I think the exciting thing also is our better players can continue to get better and, and that'll push our footy club forward. Yeah, that's fantastic to hear. Um, mate, you, you touched on before about uh, getting Dylan Clark over from Essendon. Um, can you just give us a bit of 
uh, an insight of, of how that happened and uh, how we got him. We were quite lucky to get him so late after Jack and James both got picked up in uh, the pre-season draft. Yeah, well, I guess the one good thing about the SSP is it's it's pretty relevant in the in the newspapers and on AFL.com and that, so we're always keeping an eye on that as a footy club. And obviously knew Dylan didn't get the last list spot. He was training for a list spot with a couple of others and, and he was previously on their list for five years and then they um, they delisted him but asked him to train on to try and win back that last spot and it didn't end up happening for him. And I guess just reaching out from with Kobe March, talked to Kobe about him and you know, Kobe said what a great fella he is and what a good fit he would be. We'd, you know, by then James had signed with the Gold Coast, so you know we'd, we'd lost a really quality midfielder, obviously, and we felt that it would be a good fit. So you know we we got him over and um, took him around the club and got to know the kid, and um, he came over with his partner as well, and they had a look around Adelaide. They're both from Melbourne, and um, yeah, and I think the club did a really good job in making him feel welcome and he went out with a few of the boys for dinner and after training and got to know a few people and yeah, and he's just culturally just a really good fit. I, I know I know Xavier Campbell well, who's at Essendon and I lived with X back back when I was playing at Sturt with him and yeah, he he even sent me a text message saying, you know, he'll he'll drive your club on and off the field and I've had multiple texts around dealing with that and so I think it's just going to be great for our culture. And obviously he can play the game as well, which is a really good pick up so late. And I guess when you lose Jack and James, like we talked about before, and they go you know, end of February, early March, two players like that that were McGarry medalists and runner-up are quite hard to replace. But club's done a good job to get Dylan and, and hopefully um, he can help us on the field. She's like Dylan, another player, Connor Ballander. Um, he was chased by a few clubs, as was Dylan, but he ended up at the Eagles, which was fantastic. So what do you think uh, Connor will bring to our team and, and what's his assets? Um, he's a great kid as well. Like Connor's, I've probably gone really well with Connor from day one. I'm, you know, I've got other interests outside of footy and, and so does Connor. Like I don't think um, Connor's... He loves footy, Connor, you know, but he's not a real footy head and, and probably neither am I. So we got talking about other things outside of footy and, and connected quite well there. And I think I think that's the important thing, you know, when you recruit these kids is that you don't need to make it all about footy. You know, these kids that drop off um, or, you know, get cut from AFL, there's a lot of them. A lot of them haven't had the chance to um, find different education or, or workplace because they're so invested in the footy club and right right then and right now, it's about playing AFL footy for them. So, you know, for us as a footy club, it's about finding what they're passionate in and how we can help them off the field as well. And if you get that right, then I think it's it's halfway to getting them playing good for, it's It's all the way, really, to getting them playing good footy uh, on the field, especially when they come from in the state. But... I think Connor will just bring um, he'll bring some real X factor into our forward line. Like he's 200 centimeters and he can catch the ball at the highest point. He's a beautiful kick. Um, he'll be able to help Redo out in the ruck. Um, I probably haven't seen a kid of his size kick the ball as well as he does. I mean, Redo's a beautiful kick and they're probably a little bit different kick, but Connor's a real penetrating short or long kick and. Beautiful set shot for goal. So I think if we can get the ball in there with his height, you know, he can give us some good looks, either bringing the ball to ground or, or clanking him in a, in a pack situation and, and finish off for us. So, yeah, he's another good addition to our footy club. 
Yeah, mate, we'll, we'll touch on a couple of our local recruits, obviously, and ones I think that are really going to make a strong impact for us. Uh, really excited to see a couple of them. Obviously, we get Jared Orman uh, to come back home after his stint at the uh, North Adelaide Roosters and one that I think our supporters and uh, members will, will really fall in love with is Mitch Duvall, just the way he attacks the footy. Um, just give us a bit of a rundown on how their pre-season's been and how you see them fitting into the side. Yeah, both had really strong pre-seasons. Both run, run really good times. And, um, you know, Nuts, he's, I think, going on 31 now. And, um, obviously, we all know about his journey in footy. He's played over 200 SNFL games and was a highly credentialed player for our club and had gone away and, and come back and wanted to finish his footy with us. And, you know, we obviously talked to him and he was still highly motivated and he brings great standards on the training track and he's up the front running and, you know, all them all them things help with culture and, He's, he's had a really strong pre-season. He's, he's quite light at the moment. He's only about 75 kilos and he looks quite strong and fit and running over the grass. And you know, Not many can kick the ball like him in the SNFL, so he's a real line breaker for us and, and can penetrate with his kick. And and then, yeah, Mitch DeVowes, um, he's probably a bit like a Paddy Graffita in the fact that he's just really tough. Um, you know, he, he does one of our KPIs is sacrificial acts, which is all the small things in the game, and he'll be right up there. You know, with that award at the end of the year, I think he just throws himself at everything, and um, he's a real good team player, and um, yeah, he's really good in the air, and he, he gives us the flexibility to be able to play on talls and smalls, and and can obviously be a real offensive weapon for us with his ability to drop off and mark in our back half as well, and get us going the other way. So. Yeah, I guess like every year, mate, we, we lose players and we try and do the best job that we can to fill some voids. But we've also got some, some good kids coming through. You know, we've got 18, under-18s that have come up this year and they're going to progress well. And, and then some kids that have played reserves last year that haven't got an opportunity that we think will play some league footy as well. Sheeds, thanks for coming on tonight, mate. You've given us a fantastic insight into some of the new players and I guess you know how you felt last year with the grand final and some of the new players and who we should be looking out for. Thanks for coming to the show, mate, and all the best for the season 2022. Anytime. Thanks for having me, boys. Cheers, mate. This Eagles Radio is all thanks to Incredible Smiles. Get a more permanent fix for missing teeth or dentures. Check incrediblesmiles.com.au. On SENSA, you're listening to Eagles Radio. For enormous homes, build a better life. And My Money House. Get a financial health check. Visit mymoneyhouse.com.au today. Welcome back to the Eagles Radio. All thanks to Kirkbright Seafood. From the ocean to them to you. Well, we've got another special guest, another coach, of course. Uh, one's just starting the season. The other, well and truly, halfway in the season. Uh, we welcome Narelle Smith, head coach of the Women's Woodville West Torrens Football Club women's team. How you going, Narelle? How are you, Hoodie? You well? Yeah, I'm good. Great to talk to you. Uh, a little bit different this way, Smithy, but nevertheless, always enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll, we'll, we'll get there in the end. Narelle, it's Parley here. Um, just going to give us a bit of a rundown on um, how you've enjoyed the season so far. I think um, from uh, an outsider's view, there's probably not as many wins as we would have liked, but I think uh, for those that have been lucky enough to watch a few games, the from where we've come from, to see the development in the group has been outstanding. And I think we've you know, got a lot of things to be excited about. And hopefully that's how you see it. Yeah, absolutely, Pally. It's been, um, you know, it's always a challenge when you, you don't get the wins 
um, but you know that you're really, really close. And, you know, we probably, there's three games that we think that we potentially could have won if uh, we'd kicked a bit straighter. Like, that's definitely a big development point for us. But from a, a list perspective and, you know, like if you look at our game against Centrals on the weekend, we, we dominated the match nearly for three quarters. We just couldn't quite get that score on the board and, and then they ran over the top of us. But, you know, in that game, we, we played three, three 15 to 16 year olds who performed at the level. And um, I suppose uh, this team for me has uh, had a real big list build and, and also a, a, a total revamp about how we're playing. So I'm really pleased with how the playing groups picked that up. And, um, you know, we've, we've shown some true brilliant flashes through throughout our season already. Smithy, you, you sat here probably oh, well over a year ago uh, when you took the role and we got you on the radio. And one of the things or one of the areas that you were really excited about, and I know you still are, but one of the areas that you took the role on was the, the younger players of the team that are coming through. Who, out of those younger players, who's probably developed the most and who are you really excited about? Also, given that we had quite a few in the under-18 state program too. Yeah, I mean, the obvious one is um, Sinead Goody. I mean, she comes from an, an already talented... Um, she's a talented footballer, naturally. But what I'm loving is working with someone like her is uh, teaching her how to play within team systems. And, you know, rather than just running around, um, you know, trying to get 20 touches, she's really thinking about uh, her own disposal, her own field position. And, um, you know, and then obviously, Hoodie, we bought some kids in late... Um, and, you know, it was a little bit by design, um, but, you know, a, a little bit more that uh, we had some players that we wanted to have a look at them before uh, to see whether they were a fit for the program, and um, we moved a few on, uh, a few chose to move on, um, and then so it created that opportunity for these kids to come in, and, and we've thrown everything at them, and, you know, there's about half a dozen of them that, have really stepped up to the plate and they, they're looking like future league players of our club. And, and I think that's um, just such a positive thing about the program and how it's rolled. Narelle, yeah, um, I think you mentioned before it's um, some scoring options have been a bit of a battle, but I think one thing that's really stood out from my end is um, your defence. Uh, it's really grown uh, quite to be a quite strong defensive unit. Um, just tell us a little bit uh, about a few of the names down there. Um, Leah Kasler being one of those. Yeah, look, she's a champion, isn't she? She just She's such a warrior. Um, you know, every week um, you know that she's just going to battle through, but I suppose the key piece to that is she's also uh, mentoring our younger players. Um, you know, Audrey Holt, I, I love the Audrey Holt story. You know, um, kind of challenged her a little bit at the beginning of the season about where she fitted within the squad, and then you know she she just put her head down. She didn't, um, you know, she wasn't combative or uh, you know whinging about not getting a, a go. And and now she's got her opportunity, and she's just putting everything into it. And I know that uh, Kazlar is is really pivotal in um, her development and assisting her with becoming the best player she can be. And um, you know, we we spun Jordan Hickey back there last week and um, she looks really comfortable there and uh, we might play her there for the rest of the season. We'll see how that plays. In 2022, it was a little bit different this year than previous years of the SANFLW competition, Narelle. 
this year we had the Development League. How have you seen that Development League and what's your thoughts on it? Is it has it been good for the competition? Oh, fantastic, Woody. Um, you know, to give kids a, an opportunity to train is one of the key key points for me. Mm. Um, you know, they, they can play at a level that is a higher level than amateurs, but not quite the highest level that they're overwhelmed. So it's a really good way to induct players into a more professional program. And uh, like I said before, you know, we've got some kids running around that, you know, they won't continue... Um, on now, but we'll definitely have them straight back into the program next year and get them ready to take that next step. And the development league is um, critical in that in that piece of program. Well, the second half of the season, obviously uh, starting now. What's uh, what becomes the focus now? I think you look at it. You look at it. Ladder position. We're only probably a couple of wins away from really knocking on that door. Is, um, do you see that as a bit of a focus just to start getting a few wins, or it just continue on in that development sort of process? Uh, look, I think we've uh, we've addressed some stuff as we've gone along and been able to fix it, which has been really pleasing. So, so for example, our foot, our first five rounds or six rounds, we were um, no five rounds. Sorry, we were double figures minus in stoppage. So, we really worked hard on um, working that through and working on clearance and midfield craft and. Um, and the girls responded in the last two weeks we've been really competitive in that space. So it's more about not worrying too much about the wins v losses and working on what we need to do. So obviously a massive focus for us this week is our scoring um, opportunities and, you know, how are we going to score? So that's, that's what we'll try and focus on this week. And, you know, team defence... Uh, has really been something I've focused on, so now it might be a little bit of time to focus on offence. Narelle, thank you so much for coming on to the Eagles, the first Eagles radio show. It's always a pleasure to have some women uh, program come on to our show, something that uh, the, the club's just so passionate and proud of. I know in particular myself. And yeah, Thanks for taking the time to come on to the show tonight. Thanks, guys, and uh, good luck to Sheeves and the boys on the weekend. Uh, pretty excited to see how they go. They uh, look like they've been flying on the track. Well done, Narelle. Yeah, good luck for the rest of the season too, Narelle. See you, guys. Thanks. Well, Pally, we've got... Uh, it's up to you and I, the injury update, thanks to Good Life Health Clubs. I know we've got one injury. That's, that's Bonds. Yeah, but, that's um, true. Yeah, look, I think from a league's point of view, there might be, there might, without sort of giving away too much, there might be a few that may miss um, this week coming up. Uh, there's a couple obviously coming back from injury. Um, I'll let Sheeds divulge that later on in, uh, in the week. But um, look, we won't be at full strength coming into um, the league match, but uh, we won't be far from it. So it's um, not many of them running around. Yeah, it's always a tough not a tough well it is a tough time of the year but people just think you know you finish one season you have, you have a break a bit of pre-season and you get a full squad back but uh it's a brutal game and you know there's always lots of players from the previous season that you know we're going to manage bodies too i guess so you'd know that more than anyone probably. yeah definitely i think a lot of the times too generally you, every player plays through a fair bit of injuries um, you know during the season and often there's a lot of pre, um pre-season surgery or off-season mm. surgery and sometimes you know there can be little hiccups and you know little soft tissue injuries that take a little bit of time but yeah I think it's it's part of the course now like mm. you, know, you know very rarely if you look back in the history and you know we can go back to 20 
2020 and 2021 when we won the grand final, both uh, grand finals, our round one side would be completely different to what our premiership mm. side is. So, um, yeah, it's just par of the course. And uh, but the beauty is we just want to get them all on the all on the track, nice and healthy. How many surgeries did you have, Ali? Uh, over the course of uh, I think 13 season at the e- 13 season at the Eagles, I reckon I knocked up to about 14 surgeries. Oh, but thankfully, they were all at the end of the year. <laughs> one a year. The injury update, guys, was brought to you by Good Life Health, Good Life Health Clubs. Good Life Health Clubs enjoy the convenience of 90 clubs nationwide from just 13.99 per week. Visit goodlife.com.au. On SENSA, you're listening to Eagles Radio. For enormous homes, build a better life, and My Money House. Get a financial health check. Visit mymoneyhouse.com.au today. Well, welcome back to Eagles Radio. All thanks to Enormous Homes, building a better life. Well, Pally, we're almost there, fourth quarter. On the home stretch. Yeah, I think we've done okay. I think so. Hopefully (laughs) Bonds gives us a tick of approval. (laughs) We'll sure hear about it in about 10 minutes, I think, mate. Uh, Season opener this week, it's hard to believe, round one uh, this weekend. Comes around pretty quick, Pally. It does. Uh, We've got the Roosters, which is always a tough game, of course. And I I think I'm new to the club, but there's a bit of rivalry there that I see, so... Uh, tough encounter against the Roosters at a, a different time slot that we're used to at 4.10 and uh, under our new lights. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's always, it's become um, since probably uh, the infamous uh, 19th man, uh, the Roosters-Eagles games have always had that extra little bit of spice, but it probably goes back a little bit further than that as well. We've yeah. always uh, had great battles through the mid, uh, mid-2000s mid and, um, you know, they're a great footy club and they're always up and about. So, But, yeah, it's real exciting with the lights. Um, it's been um, a long process. Um, it's been, you know, a fair bit of effort from our footy club and uh, Dave Cousner in particular um, has done a great job uh, getting that uh, sorted, our league director. Um, but, yeah, I, it couldn't be possible without Bobby uh, BCE Electrical and um, with Bobby and uh, Brad and their team and also Steve Tanner from SA Lighting. They've uh, they've done an outstanding job and really looking forward to um, putting it on show. And um, oh, it's been great. We've been able to schedule a few games this year and uh, also a night game coming up uh, in you know, seven seven or eight weeks. It's fantastic the footy club. You, you know, you look at these. You know, Bob Cross, BCE, CJ Electrical, you know, Enormous Homes. Uh, Telstra, they're just great supporters of our footy club. Martin Kia, you know, Daniel Thomas, they're, they're ten year plus uh, partners of the footy club. Must make you really proud to see those guys, you know, supporting the club and and they get heavily involved, don't they? They do, and yeah, look, it's uh, we feel blessed and we're lucky to have them. Uh, and that's um, you know, it's not just for us. It's not just about what they can do for us. It's also about what we can do for them. And mm. I think it's, it's it's got to work both ways. And you know, hopefully. You know, the culture we have our footy club and uh, the way we are, that helps them stay around. But, um, look, without their support, we wouldn't be where we are today. And um, yeah, it's, I think it's it's really important to em- embrace their business and get to, you know, share their businesses with other businesses that are involved in our footy club. And I think that that's what you see with the, the long-term stretch of um, mm. them sticking around. But, yeah, I think, like, you know, we're always biased, but we think we've got the best sponsors in, in the land. Yeah, <laughs> Bowley, you've been in the footy for a long time, both in Victoria and, and South Australia. You're a, you're a club legend at the Eagles Footy Club. You know, come around this time of the year, what really, what what do you look forward to? What excites you about the season ahead? 
and I mean, both as a player, but now as an administrator and CEO. Yeah, look, I think it's, uh, it's a bit of both. From a playing side of view, I think it's always exciting. Um, I probably the second half of when I used to play, the second half of my career, it was always like, always exciting to see new players come through um, to you know start or in embrace their journey and be a part of their journey. Mm. And um, I, I think that's. It's the unknown of the start of the season. Like yeah. it's you're all you're all on edge. You've all had the best pre seasons of your life. Every club's had the, <laughs> the greatest times, and we all all pump that up. But uh, until you get out there around one, you don't know. But it's um, yeah, I think that's the exciting part. And, and look, from an administration side, I think it's it's all about you know the planning that you've put in place. And you know we're lucky we've got great people like yourself and uh, Christine, our president, and. Our staff in at the footy club are, are fantastic, and to see some ideas come to fruition, um, yeah, looking forward to this week to see how they go. And look, we've got one coming up that I know you've been a real big part of, and um, which is the deck bar, and hopefully you can give us a bit of a rundown on that. Yeah, but <clears throat> the, yeah, this year, Paulie, you know, we believe as a club that we've got to create an environment that people want to be part of. We're really keen to you know, embrace the new generation of supporters. You know, it's it's really well known in the SNFL across all the clubs that the demographic of our supporters, our fans, our members are, you know, a bit of an older one. So we're all searching for trying to uh, look at the ways of getting, new, you know, I guess younger people to our club and, you know, having the lights at 410 or the twilight games, having a Friday night game coming up, you know, that that's so exciting for our footy club. And hopefully, you know, we, we really respect Norwood and, what they do out of the parade and, you know, on a Friday night at Cooper Stadium. We've got the new deck bar uh, at the southern end of Team Kia Oval. Uh, it's it's an area where you can sit and enjoy the, the football at a really fantastic location, $85, and it will give you drinks and cocktail food package for the duration of the game. So we think it's going to be exciting and, you know, the weather's going to be fantastic this week. So if you want to book your spot there, uh, bookings are obviously essential. So give the office a call. Uh, on, you know, and also whilst you're doing it, it'd be a great time to renew your membership or become a member. Perfect. You can, cool. um, yeah, and we're really excited to have new members on board for as low as $85. So, you know, speak to Mel um, or Michelle on uh, 8347 2444. That's 8347 you know, and sign on as a member today. We would love to have you at the football club. Another thing that we, we always have at all the footy clubs and something that we're you know, really keen to embrace this year is the 50-50 split raffle. Um, you'll get, uh, you know, a really good opportunity to invest in the footy club. Uh, it's the 50-50. And you can do that on the day. Watch out for the QR codes when you come to Mortine Kiova. I think that's it. Yeah, I think we've done okay. Been a great show. Yeah, it's obviously uh, all thanks to Normous Homes. They've been a fantastic sponsor for us. Thanks, everyone. See you next week.